Amen. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. It's on page number 837, um, if you have the exact same Bible, uh, but John chapter 15. As you're turning there, just to kind of give us some context of what is going on in the conversation, I feel sometimes that we read a passage of scripture and don't always understand what exactly or who the audience is or the cultural surroundings, but I think that's important to know the context. For example, like somebody might hear me say that I love, and they'd be like, well, Pastor Chris said he loves, and then they add a word, cats, which they know I do not love cats, so that is not true whatsoever. So if I say, you know, so let's make sure we get it in context. You see the con? Okay, well, that was free. All right, anyway, John chapter 15. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's laying down. Uh, he is describing the dichotomy of the relationship that he has with God and that God has with him and he has with us and who, how he has it with his church. Here it goes. Verse number one. We're going to read a lot, so hope you like the Bible. Anybody like the Bible? That was kind of weak. All right. Come on, New Milford. Anyway, I am, here we go. Verse number one. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse number five, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit, however... Apart from me, you can do nothing. Scoot down to verse number 10. It says, when you obey my standards, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and standards and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Remain in me and I will remain in you. You see, unlike anything that God has ever created, he created you and I as human beings uniquely. The entire human race is created much differently than he created a lamp. God did not create you to be a lamp and just be there, and when it gets dark, he turns it on, or when he's watching, you know, you know, oh, you play tonight or something like that. He doesn't just switch it on. He created you and I with free will so that we could have relationship with him so that we could connect with him, so that we weren't just some inanimate objects, so that we could be close to him and he could be close to us. Remain in me and I shall remain in you. God is asking for yours and my presence. He is saying, I want to be connected to you. As a church, we love to say, with Jesus, you're destined to win. But I'm here to tell you this morning that a divine destiny requires a devoted connection. A divine destiny requires a divine connection. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that we can gather here and your Holy Spirit is walking down these aisles. It's connecting with people all over the world through church online. It's connecting with everybody in Woolkit. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different life experience. I pray where my words fall short, your Holy Spirit jumps right in. In my inability to communicate, in my weakness, you are strong. And we believe that today. We believe for your word. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. 
I don't even think Newton stood up and woke it. I'm just guessing right now. I love you, Newton. Um, speaking of uh, Waterbury, I want to brag a little bit. Can I brag? You don't, you don't really have a choice. I was going to brag anyway. That's my whole intro. Okay. So uh, a couple years ago, well, about a year and a half ago, we started a new location um, in Waterbury. Are you kind of familiar with this? Yes, if you're new. Nobody? Okay. All right, your response is required. Like, I can't do this alone. I need you here, okay? So, you know, wake up, time to push their neighbor, hit them in the face, whatever you have to do. No, don't do that. That's mean. Um, but, you know, spray some water. You know, like when your cat gets on the couch and you have to spray it with a water gun, spray your neighbor, you know, whatever you got to do. Anyhow, we started a location in Waterbury about a year and a half ago. There you go. This past June, we opened at our permanent location in Woolcott, Connecticut, which is just the town right over. And now we have, we renamed the location, obviously, Woolcott, Connecticut, or Woolcott, Faith Church Woolcott. And God has, is working and doing miraculous things. Since June, before I say this, let me tell you something about church metrics, because, I mean, who goes to school for these boring things? Um, so during the summer, church attendance usually is about flat or even sometimes takes a dip. doesn't matter where you are. It's just kind of like, you know, you don't plant, you know, flowers in the middle of December. You plant them in the spring, right, so that they can bloom and all this type of thing. The same is true about church. You know, it's got its seasons and peaks and valleys and ups and downs. During the summer, is usually pretty flat. Right now, what God is doing in Woolkit, it is growing at a time that defines statistics. God is doing something... Since June, we have more than doubled our adult attendance. We've got people, we've started an early morning prayer at 5 a.m. Wednesday has a 5 a.m., just so you know. Some people are like, 5? I don't even know what that is. At 5 a.m., we have had people in the church for two hours praying over every single person at that location, praying for God's blessing and his direction on us as leaders and our church to impact our community. God is doing amazing things in Woolkit. And we are so proud of that. I also, you know, New Milford was my home for, oh, it's still, I still live in here. I'm very active. It's still in town. But I have to be honest with you. We have the best donuts out of any of our locations. I don't care who you are. And, you know, in New Milford, like, we got Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, <laughs> okay. You know, we've got Brooklyn Bakery Donuts. Can I get a testimony? You know, can somebody make some noise? It is the best donut you will ever have in Connecticut. Promise. So anyway, um, but that's just an update for you guys of what's going on in Woolkit. We're doing what God is doing through all of our locations. We do this together. It's not about what one location can do. It's not about how what we can do individually. What do we say when we have our groups that we are better together? We are united. We are one voice reaching this entire region for Jesus that we will not back down. We will not go quietly. We are going to go after everything that God has for every mom, every dad, every man, every woman. Doesn't matter what stage of life that they're in. Doesn't matter their background or situation. We are coming into their lives to give them the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of you don't really believe in that. Okay. All right. Here we go. Y'all need to wake up this morning. So usually when I speak, I hear um, a couple thoughts and feedback. People say to me, I love how real you are, and which Im- implies that whoever speaking isn't real. So like, I'm not a hologram. I'm real. And so is everybody else who it preaches up here. But I know what that means. Because when I was a young pastor, I was inspired by a lady by the name of Joyce Meyer. Anybody know who that is? Um, don't, don't feel like you don't know who she is because, um, 
that's all right. You, you know, just Google, all right? Just check it out. You'll find out who she is very quickly. And I remember when I was a, a young man, we were listening to a cassette. Um, oh, wait. Um, if you're under 35, a cassette is this right, rectangular device box that you, you know, it made noise. All right. That's all you need to know. It's like an MP3 player. It's like your watch, you know, anyway, back then. And I remember when the cassette ended um, and we got the eight track out and had worship. It was great. Um, anyway, after all that was done, um, don't laugh too hard because then people know how old you are. Um, left side. Um, <laughs> but we, it ended. And I, I remember the leader of the Bible study, he looked up and he said, I love how Joyce tattles on herself. How she's so transparent about what she's been through and what she's going through. And as a young pastor and as a young communicator, that began a, a foundation for how I was going to communicate God's word. I was going to talk about where I was and what I was struggling with. And, and over the years, I've shared with you guys when I felt unqualified or, or overlooked or overshadowed, I shared with you the message, I am number eight. When I needed to talk to you about anxiety and moving past that or perseverance, I've shared those stories and very real life stories. But in those moments of sharing that, I've always been somewhat removed from them, meaning that there has been amount of time since I declared victory and experienced some wins before I shared. What I'm going to share with you today, I'm only about five or six weeks into. This is not something that I can even claim victory in yet. I'm seeing a lot of wins. I'm seeing God show up in ways. But I can't declare victory over it yet. So I hope from my, my prayer, my hope is that you can take and hear from somebody who's on the front line. Because maybe you're here tonight, today and you are on the front line in your career. Maybe the front line with your kids or, or, or you're looking for healing in your life or whatever. But I want to share from the front line. Is that all right? So about six weeks ago, um, Gina sits me down and we have a conversation. She says, things are not good. You are not in a good place. You are checked out. My first response was, are you kidding? Because I know what I feel in my heart. I know what I think in my head and I know what I say with my mouth. I'm like, I love you. I'm passionate about you. I love our kids. Well, three quarters of them. I love our children. I love, you know, I was getting you back. Um, you know, it was like, I was like, I know how I felt and I know what I would say. If you came up to me, he's like, how do you feel about my life? I'm like, my wife is amazing. You know, this is what I would say. But there was a disconnect between what I would say and what I would feel and my actions. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I like, I go, I go to work. And then after work, I go, I, I coach our son's football team and baseball team. And, you know, and then, and then I come home and then, and, and it's like, no, 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 no. You are checked out from the time you come through the door, the time you go to bed, you are checked out. You're on your phone. You're, you're, you're watching Netflix and, you know, 15 ways to make coins in the United States because that's just the kind of nerd that I am. And as I was preparing for this message, it, about a month ago, I was in the fight in the thick of that. It made me think that we treat God the same way. That you and I treat God the same way. That what we feel in our heart, what we experience when we come here on Sunday morning, we feel the presence of God. We sing at the top of our lungs, there's another in the fire, and we declare victory. And we love to yell, with Jesus, you're destined to win. But the way that we live Monday through Saturday is very different. If God was to sit you down just like my wife did, and, and he sits you down and he looks at you and he says, your actions and your words and your thoughts and your heart aren't lining up. You are checked out. 
your presence is required. In the relationship that God has created you and I to be in, our presence is required. Your entire world needs you and I to be connected, checked in, and following after him. We need to be in his presence. To be in his presence requires you to be present because a divine destiny requires a devoted connection. It's in his presence where distractions are eliminated, standards are set, and our destiny is found. When you are, when you're present, when your presence is absent, when your presence is absent, distraction is present. When your presence is absent, distraction is present. Look at this back in verse number two of John 15. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. So I know that many of you, or, you know, if you're like me, you, you only got like a high school education. So in earth science, which I pretty much slept through, when a tree is growing and there's a branch that's not doing good, you cut it off so the nutrients of the tree go to the other parts. So what Jesus is describing here is like when things are not good in your life, I cut them off so that I can take care of and I can focus energy. What is God saying to us? He said, when you are in my presence, when you are connected to me as the gardener and as the vine, I can focus you. I can focus what you need to be looking at. I can help you eliminate distractions. The second thing he says, look at this. And he prunes every branch that does not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. When your presence is absent, distraction is present. When you get in God's presence, it eliminates distractions and focuses your destiny. I'm kind of a nerd, if you can't already tell. Um, I like to read statistics and papers and research studies. It's just just me. I'm a lifelong learner, and that's just what I find to do. I read a statistic um, yesterday that, 40, that the average American spends 48 minutes a day across Facebook and or Instagram. 48 minutes a day. The study also went on to find out that the average American spends 46 minutes on YouTube every single day. Like, that's like more than 20 minutes. Like, that's a lot if you put those together. That was a joke. I know that it was 94 minutes, okay? Jeez, some of you guys need to wake up. Like everybody in Wolcott loved that joke. You guys here are still kind of like a sleepy, all right? So let's get the coffee. They got donuts. I get it, all right? You all got like, I don't know what you got, all right? Bagels. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like a diet donut, isn't it? Isn't a bagel like a diet donut? It's like, I don't want to eat a donut, but I'll have a bagel. Like, all right, anyway. I have no idea where that came from, but anyway. Um, but, and then I know that there's another statistic out there that says the average churchgoer, that means you and me, spends three minutes a week in prayer or studying our Bible. Tell me there is not distraction stopping you from being in God's presence. When you are checked out of a relationship, how are you going to expect God to show up and produce fruit in your life and help you focus on the things that matters most? You can come here and say, oh, my destiny, my destiny. But how are you going to even know if you're going in the right direction if you're not in his presence? God's presence is where distractions are eliminated. New England Patriots fans are going to love this. A couple years ago in the Super Bowl, the Patriots were playing God's second favorite team. If you did not know, God's favorite team is the Green Bay Packers. 
They have a G on their helmet because it represents God and greatness. And if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, that is a star rating on the side of their thing. Kind of like on Yelp. Like, you ain't eating there, okay? Anyway, up your game. I believe in a, in a team that is owned by the fans, not some, you know, corporate billionaire somewhere. I believe that everybody in town, come on, libertarians, where you at? All right. Anyway. <laughs> and in the Super Bowl, the quarterback goes, oh, I'm sorry. The quarterback's the one who throws the ball. Okay, sorry, I got you, babe. Just trying to help you. Like, I know, football. Um, so the quarterback goes out as the receiver and catches a touchdown because the entire defense is looking in the wrong way. They were distracted. The Patriots were distracted because the, and they allowed the Eagles to score. How, much, how, how is this not true in our own life? If the enemy can get you distracted and looking over here, and get you looking over here and all your attention and all your focus is over here. That's when he can get you on the other side. But when you get in the presence of God, you connect to a God that sees all the sides. He sees every situation because he's omnipresent, the beginning, the last, the alpha and the omega. That's the God that we serve. And the only way that we're going to get that is by getting in his presence. You cannot eliminate distractions on your own. It's in his presence, distractions are eliminated and your destiny becomes focus. Divine destiny requires a devoted connection. Number two, when your presence is absent, nothing is produced. Look at this illustration um, at verse number five. Talking about how you are to produce fruit. That I'm the vine and whatever you do, you produce fruit. You and I weren't created just to exist. You and I were created to produce. You and I were created to do greater things than Jesus. The Bible even tells us that that God is going to do greater things through you and I than he ever did through his son. But the only way to do it is we have to be connected. Because otherwise, we can produce nothing. Nothing is produced when we're disconnected. Because why? God is our source. How are you ever going to produce anything? If you're not connected to the source, you know this when you vacuum, if your vacuum is not plugged into the wall, what does it do? Nothing, but you plug it in and it sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Some of y'all get that anyway, but why? Because it's connected to a power source. The same is true with you and me that we don't spend presence with God. Our presence is required. I remember when I, um, I used to see a therapist. I know some of you have already figured that out. Um, and when I, when I saw the therapist, I remember she's like, I'm going to diagnose. She's like, I'm giving you a preliminary diagnosis of something, something, something that I didn't even know what she meant. And she says, okay, I can tell this went over your head. Right? So it is called Superman complex. And she says, it is an unhealthy self-imposed expectation that you have to save everybody. And I'm like, wow. So I think, I think I'm Superman. It's my job to save everybody. I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. I got a lot of Superman t-shirts. So I went home and I got home and got into my closet. And I took every Superman t-shirt I had. I took my socks. I took my un- uh, undergarments and I got them all together and I threw them all away. Gina remembers this. I was like, I'm not Superman anymore. I'm tired of thinking that I have to fix everybody and save everybody. That's not going to be me anymore. 
That's what I did. I don't know how you come home from the therapist, but I came fired up. Okay? <laughs> Some of you don't even know. But anyway, so I come back to my therapist the next week, and I said, you'll never guess what I did. She's like, what would you do? I was like, I threw away all my Superman stuff. And she's like, Chris, Why? I was like, because I don't even want it near me. I don't want it even around my, like, being. I don't want to think. I don't want to, re, you know, begin to reflect that, that thought process anymore. It's not my job to save everybody. I need to stop worrying and focus on things that matter most. And she's like, I understand that, but you missed my point. Were you not listening? No, I was not listening to the rest of the explanation. She's like, I told you. How is Superman strong? And I'm like, Superman gets his power from the sun. And I'm like, thanks, nerd. You know, I didn't know this. Did you know this? I didn't know that Superman gets his power from the sun. She goes, in the same way as you as a Christ follower, you are empowered by the sun. For you, it's a matter of balancing and setting expectations for yourself that matter. Because as long as you're connected to the sun, that the Holy Spirit can work inside of you, just like Superman. For us, if there's nothing happening in your life, if you're just seeing an average existence, I challenge you to get in the presence of the sun, to spend time with him, to say, God, that you matter. I need your connection. I can't walk through another day. I don't want to see anything else because I need to produce. Jesus is our source. Divine destiny requires a devoted connection. When your presence is absent, distraction is present. Number two, nothing is produced. Without his presence, you can do nothing. Number three, standards are compromised. When your presence is absent, standards are compromised. Look at this in verse number uh, 10. It says this. When you obey my commands, standards, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so you will be filled with joy. So Jesus is saying that there is a connection between joy and his standards. And I thought these were two different thoughts. I'm like, okay, good thought because I understand what a conjunction is. But sometimes we miss things. Because these things, too, are not just two parts put together with a conjunction. They are intimately connected. Because God's joy, we know in Psalms, the joy of the Lord is our, our strength. So there is a connection between God's standards and our strength. So if I'm strong, that means I'm finding strength in the standards. If I am weak, that means I am not following Standards. When we don't spend time in God's presence, our standards are compromised. All of a sudden, the world can come to tell you, this is the way you should be doing it. This is the way we allow culture to influence our standards. I remember a couple years ago, Gene and I made a decision about a game um, called Fortnite. I mean, rhymes with Fortnite. Lawyers like it when I say that rhymes with Fortnite. It's not Fortnite. <laughs> Any moms, moms against Fortnites and a dad against Fortnite? We decided that we would not do Fortnite in our home because we didn't really like the idea that our kids would get together and kill each other. Just not a standard that we wanted to see in our house. Not that we're against um, video games or anything like that, but it was just that type that we were not going to do in our house. I had a father call me one time and he's like, he's like, Chris, I, I, 
my kids, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to throw their Xbox away like a Frisbee. They spend day in and day and night. And I said, well, what kind of standard did you set? What standard did you set for your kids? It's like, I didn't set any. Exactly. So that you just let them do whatever. The way that we look at our culture right now that's going crazy. Why? Because the church has remained silent. Why is the church so weak? Is because we compromise our standards. Right has become wrong and gray and it's okay. No, no, no. It's not okay. Because the Bible says that there is certain standards that his church is supposed to uphold. When the enemy comes up like a flood, we can hold up a standard against. This is not a new thing either. It goes all the way back to Eve. When Eve is in the garden, what happens? She begins to have a conversation. She begins to compromise with the serpent. When God has commanded that that serpent be crushed, How many times in our life that we find ourselves devoid of God's presence and we begin to compromise something that God has ordered crushed? How many times do we look at sin and shortcomings in our life and be like, oh, it's just another time. It's just one more drink. It's just another conversation with somebody at work. When God is saying, no, greater is he that is in you, I have called that thing to be crushed, not compromised. Where is our standards? How come you got weakness in your marriage? Because you've compromised your standards. How come you can't get your kids where they're supposed to be? Because you've allowed standards to be compromised. Our presence is required because it is in his presence that standards are made clear. And when we're devoid of it, when we are absent, they are compromised. Divine destiny requires a devoted connection. I know this is a simple message and it's a challenge that I have for you. Don't be distracted. Don't let the enemy distract you and come take what matters most to you. Spend time in his presence. That's when your destiny becomes clear. I I hear it so many times. I don't know what God's destiny is for my life. I don't know what his plan is for my life. Have you ever spent time in his presence outside of Sunday morning? Because God didn't create you for a one-night stand. God created you for every single day to be close to him, to be his friend, to connect with him, to come with your hurts and your pains, your loneliness, your anxiety, your depression, and say, God, I need you. Your presence is required. It is in his presence. Distractions are eliminated. Standards are set. And our destiny is found. Your presence is required. As I close this morning in all of our locations and church online, this is not the end of me as a human being. Six weeks ago, I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel. I said, there needs to be some shifting in priorities. I'm not going to be checked out anymore. It was a wake-up call for me. And I got to be honest with you, the last six weeks have been amazing. Just making changes in my priorities. I said, you know what, when I come home, that's when the cell phone ends. I'm not going to come home and check in with everybody. They had me 16 hours already. 
when I come home, I'm going to be a present husband. I'm going to be a present father. And I've done okay with that. But it's progress, not perfection. And I said, babe, every Sunday night, it's date night. Unless you're scheduled to have people over on Sunday night, but we're not even going to talk about that. (laughs) But we're going out tomorrow night, okay? All right. I said, priorities. She comes first. I love my babies, three quarters of them. But she comes first. I love my babies more I love any of y'all. More I love helping anybody else. More than I help enjoy helping in our community and serving, you know, our, our town in different capacities and, and doing that thing. It is about perspective. It's about getting in God's presence and realizing I gotta be checked in to Him so that I can be a good husband and good dad. I'm six weeks in. I haven't seen victory yet. Well, I guarantee you I'm gonna get it. Because I got faith to believe in a big God. <laughs> 